Hey folks, and welcome to another episode of the Racket Athlete Podcast. Today we have on Mike Mooney. Mike is a, currently a master squash player. He was born in Bangor, North Wales in 1948. Mike is an experienced and successful educationalist with extensive experience in physical and outdoor education, having worked as an active participant in the field for over 30 years. Mike has had an extensive military career and continues to deliver adventurous training activities to instructor level. He's also a professional mountaineer and international ski instructor. He also specializes in leadership development and self-reliance training. He has also led expeditions for Far Frontiers for several years. He's also an active participant in many sports and continues to represent Wales in international squash. Mike's sporting achievements so far, he is a Welsh international athlete, 2005-2011 Welsh national and international squash champion, 2010-2011 Cypriot national squash champion, also army champion and combined services representative in athletics for over 14 years. Also combined services with football and Mike also continues to participate in all aspects of sports and adventurous activities and leads expeditions all over the world. Welcome to the show, Mike. Thank you very much. I feel exhausted after you reading all that out. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. amazing what you it's amazing what you can dig up, isn't it? And when you oh, look yeah. back on your time in life. Absolutely. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, well, thank so you very how's much. How's your day been so far, Mike? Fresh start to the morning. How's... Yes. We uh, we've got a lot of snow on the ground, as you know, around the area. So Absolutely, uh, yeah. I, I was up early this morning, had a training session, my own sort of a uh, little training session down there, and I'm just about to prepare later on. I'll okay. go out and ski around the golf course. Oh, wow. That sounds really cool. So you've got the weather yeah. for it anyway. <laughs> uh, it's perfect at the moment. It's brilliant, yeah. you know, so uh, I've got a big smile on my face, hoping <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So what I think what we'll just start today with then, Mike, is really a little bit about yourself and, and what got you interested initially in physical activity and sort of where it went from there. Well, um, I was a post-war baby, obviously, uh, and my dad was in, uh, I only found out a number of things later on in his, his, our life, that uh, he was in the parachute regiment of the, uh, the army and was playing high-level football uh, out there in the Middle East. Um, I was obviously brought up around that physicalness uh, within my family. He was a very, very good cricketer as well. So he had, you know, there was a no brainer really for yeah. me to sort of follow in some of them's footsteps. Um, and literally following where he went and he trained in the back garden. You know, we just talked about it earlier on about utilizing logs and yeah. tires. Dad was doing that in them days. Uh, and then obviously school. Um, playing and then I got involved in athletics and um, my cousin became sort of like a, a junior international pole vaulter. I okay. followed his footsteps and uh, I did that as a, as a young kid and became quite good at it, um, became a champion and then represented, uh, you know, parts of the country doing that uh, as a young kid. Um, yeah. And then at the age of 15, basically, decided that I would uh, want to see the rest of the world and join the army. Yeah. Um, 
and then it, it it took off from there really yeah you know and yeah. i was playing lots of uh lots of football doing lots and lots of athletics and all all the other type of stuff um and and that's how it all started um and then you know living in the environment of the mountains uh, and the sea which is very close where 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 i was brought up from yeah uh, that, that then attracted me into them areas yeah the army years became you know it was early days for me because i was just feeling my way around and trying to you know play the sports and obviously the military life was uh, also um taking hold i was then sent out to the middle east at, I was 17, yeah. down to Aden, um, down to, down to the Yemen border. Uh, so, but sport continued throughout my uh, my military life. And then what happened then is that I got I got selected to become a member of the Royal Army Physical Training Corps, which okay. meant that I became I became an expert within the unit to okay. deliver to deliver all aspects of sport and um, and adventure stuff. And the, main, the main thing was to to train them for their particular roles in war, yeah, and to maintain that uh, physicalness. Yeah, so it was uh, it was an everyday um, activity for me. Yeah, so that, that that obviously holds a lot of responsibility then on yourself to be doing a job like that as well. Then yeah, yeah, and it's interesting actually because we when I got posted to different units, you were talking about you know nine hundred to a thousand men in a unit. Mm-hmm. And having to spread yourself around and organise their programmes, organise their training uh, times when they came into the gymnasium or they went mm-hmm. outside. Yeah. Uh, and then I eventually had a staff of about four or five guys um, that uh, I, you know, which were assistant instructors. So yeah. I would train them up to become them guys to deliver yeah. the necessary uh, training shoes. Yeah, so you kind of gave them mentorship as it was to how to train the, yeah. the, 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 the men that you're working with absolutely they, they had to go on courses before they got their, their little it's a cross so it's, it's very in fact there's one here oh yeah that's oh, the yeah. the Royal Army yeah. physical training thing um, yeah it's quite cool yeah so it's uh, it's started basically from um well, don't want to go too deep into the history of everything, but it was a very interesting thing because they, it was after Wellington came back and he decided that we had an army in them days that yeah. was unfair and they needed to get fit and uh, then formulated this group of guys that did it. Um, yeah. but the army uh, was a great place and it still is a massively wonderful opportunity for people to, to participate in sports. Yeah, definitely. It's no to his buried, and you know, and, uh, and the facilities that they have are superb. Yeah, definitely. I've got a lot of respect for people that take, you know, go into the military and, you know, and, you know, achieve what they've achieved in the military as well. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so, and, and from that point of view, uh, you know, there was always the internal competi- competitions. Then there was the external competitions, obviously, with within a sort of small area. Then there was the brigade, and then there's the army, and then there's the combined services, and then obviously the the international stuff come out of that as well. And, and there's been yeah. many many international athletes right across the board that have come from the military. Yeah, absolutely, Mike. That's a great insight for everyone listening. Um, 
about yourself and how, how physical activity kind of you got into it and then with your background in the army as well. Um, so really what I would like to ask now, Mike, is how does physical activity help you in day-to-day -day life? We can maybe split it into two areas, so mentally and physically. Um, my, my, my job at the moment as a, a freelance adventurer, shall we say, uh, and, and delivering instructional and coaching uh, in different uh, aspects of out, outdoor and um, you know the normal physical development training stuff uh, requires me to be uh, fit. Yeah, and 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 I have to maintain my my physicalness to the level of training. I've always I've always had this thing in my mind that if you're if you're confronted by somebody who is delivering a physical uh, lesson, should we say, mm -hmm. and and you're 60 years of age, and this guy's an Adonis at 25, right in front of you with his with his little vest on and you know <laughs> big guns. Yeah, uh, it doesn't really inspire 60 year olds to think. Hang on a minute, there's no way that I'm ever going to be like him. So if you put somebody of a similar age to somebody that you're training, mm -hmm. then there is something to work for. Yeah, because yeah. you see it in that person mm -hmm. that he can do it, then I can do it. Exactly, that's but it, yeah. The other way around it doesn't seem to sort of uh, uh, link together for me. Um, no. So I have to maintain it. So I look at young people and I train young people uh, and, and they look at me and thinking, wow, you know, if he can do it, then surely, you know, I've got years ahead of me. I can still continue to develop, yeah. and get better and better. So physically, I, uh, it's, uh, it's obviously good for me to do and train. Yeah. I, and, I, and, and dare I say, I don't particularly like training. <laughs> I like being coached. Uh -huh. and I do it and I get it over and done with and make yeah. sure that I specifically do the things. Yeah. And then I... Then I can walk away and, and feel very happy about the whole thing. Mm -hmm. But um, what I do like massively is uh, learning, and I yeah. still continue to do that. And that's yeah. why I've I've I've, I've used people like Mark Bowman to mm -hmm. uh, help me with my coaching. Yeah, uh, yeah. Bowton over and down in uh, you know in Edinburgh, and it's fantastic to get mm -hmm. uh, another insight. Yeah, and, and the other buzz mentally is learning and and, and developing from that. Yeah, and I, you know, people tell me, "Oh, you, why are you still doing it?" You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's um, it's fun, it's enjoyable. It actually makes you feel young as well because oh yeah, I'm age age is just a number, isn't it? So that's right. Absolutely, I agree with that statement wholeheartedly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So mentally, um, I can relax and have a glass of wine at the end of it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, um, yeah, so hopefully I will continue to, well, I have to maintain my standards of fitness to be able to that's do it. it. Yeah. So I was going to ask you a quick question, Mike. You mentioned there how you, you, you don't particularly like training, but do you think, I was just thinking about this actually when you were saying that, do you think because of your military background and the discipline you got from that, 
you have the discipline just to say, okay, I don't feel like doing this today, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, yeah, that's true. It's true to a point. Mm -hmm. I'm, 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 Obviously, one of these people who turn around and say, right, if I want to train, I'm going to train at three. If I'm going to train at three o'clock, I will work around that three o'clock time. Yeah. If that, if that, uh, you know, if that's extended beyond the three o'clock, then my, my mental approach changes. Yeah. And if I have to bring it forward mm -hmm. and I'm not ready to participate in my training, Mm -hmm. then also that will change my mental approach to the training yeah but because i say right you know i trained i, I said to myself yesterday i'm going to get up in the morning and i'm going to train at 7 30 i trained at 7 30 this morning yeah i got up and i did and mm -hmm. it's it is um how, how it's difficult to say sometimes because mm -hmm. i want to do it i want to get it out of the way and then at the end of it i know what the gains are yeah whether or not um, I get disrupted and if I get disrupted then I, I mentally I think I, I tend to get I suppose internally I feel a bit slightly depressed that I haven't done it if you see what I mean yeah I so it gets to you a little bit uh, I, I, I've cheated myself I, yeah. I'm not feeling um, uh, good to be able to continue uh, the rest yeah. of the day so I'll yeah. fit it in uh -huh. uh, but I like to have a, uh, a set time and I've worked my brain up and my body yeah. and so, myself. Yeah. I was just about to say that, Mike. You've, you've prepped yourself for that time. So you know at that time you're switched on for physical training or whatever it is, mental training or, or physical training, whatever you do. Yeah. 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 And as I said earlier on, um, you know, um, I will, I know I'm going to go training later on to do some cardio. Uh, on the the cross country skiing on the golf course, mm -hmm. so I've already set my goals there now. I've already yeah. set my my time. So you've set the to my wife. Absolutely. So I've set that standard. So I will, and you know, and that's what I will do today. Yeah, that's and it. Hopefully tomorrow. So keeping on the uh, sporting side of things and sort of mindset, how did your military background help with your mindset in sport? How do you think it helped? Um, I was very fortunate that when I first joined the military, uh, I was on the back end of conscript. Um, a lot of my colleagues at the time were much older than I. I was 17 when I, well, I joined at 15, but uh, it was 17 when I went into the mainstream of the military to, um, to be deployed, shall we say. Uh, so I was surrounded by mature 25 30 year old guys yeah. and there was quite a few of them that were on the, the latter end of the, the conscript uh, era i had to do what i was told <laughs> um yeah and, and basically they were the senior soldiers they were the senior men they were the guys that sort of looked after me yeah they were my mentors they yeah. were the guys that um uh, you know yeah, I was fitter than them, but I carried everything heavy and, and, and did all the stuff. Yeah. Uh, but they looked after me. So mm -hmm. I was programmed. I were, you know, uh, for instance, I could, you, if you, I was, I was, uh, it's a funny thing, actually. I've trained myself not to go to the toilet. Okay. Because 
I've, you know, in an environment, in a military environment, and there's something going on, mm-hmm. you can't just go to the toilet. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So I can train myself not to drink all day. Mm-hmm. Or have to train myself not to drink all day. So the discipline and the mental approach uh, has been, <clears throat> I, I do think when I, when I can do it, I'm being told I can do it. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've, I approach my training in a similar way. I know I can do it. Mm-hmm. I know I can run with the with the young ones, and I can give them a good run for their money. Yeah. But whether I can sustain that now, I can. I'm, I'm sensible enough to understand that they've got something else over me. But mm-hmm. however, I may have something else over them. I may yeah, very true. The knack to be able to to uh, to do something surprisingly, should we say? So it, it is that I've been programmed to be able to do that. My mind has been programmed. But mm-hmm. I'm coming off that. I've, I've been coming off that for a number of years about. You know the, uh, I won't say the brainwashing, but uh, it's mm-hmm. a it's a form of discipline. Yeah, absolutely. It's a form. It's a form. It's a form of understanding. It's like having an animal in your house. If you have a dog in the house, you know, you just don't allow it to run around and do his thing in the house. So it's it is about understanding that as well. Um, yeah. Discipline. Um, control. Yeah. Uh, and and being part of the team because mm-hmm. about being part of a team. Yeah, you know, we're all here for a particular reason, and we've just got to enjoy it and and, be, and respect it. Respect is massively. But you you know, I know people talk about you have to earn respect, but, mm-hmm. but you also have to to be respectful yourself. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, but. Um, yeah, it's, I, you know, uh, there's, a, there's an old, old saying there, you know, not suffering fools. Uh, uh, yeah. I think I've learned to understand a lot of people a bit better. Yeah, so people's yeah, skills and stuff. When, when you go through, you know, uh, the metamorphs of, of life and you, it's like training. Training is a prime example, right? Yeah. So I've been through the Russian way of training. I've been through the American way, I've been through the Welsh and the English and the Irish and the Scottish, all that form of different forms of training. Styles, yeah. So I have now put together what suits me. I, yeah, I, so you've got a... That's what suits me, and I could do that, but I could yeah. suffer that to yeah. be able to get to my main goal. So if you don't like something, you can essentially change it to something different, right? Well, you can, you can adapt it, can't you? Yeah, exactly, that's it. Yeah. You know, uh, it, it, holding a racket, for instance, you know, so some yeah. people hold the rackets or change the, the grip before mm-hmm. they go into a different shop. Yeah, exactly. That's it. And, and the modern game is working that way where wow. they're rolling the wrist now. Yeah. You know, you've yeah. heard of many years ago where they rolled the wrist to, to, to play a drop shot, for goodness sake. Yeah. Uh, so um, it, it is adaption, uh, which comes out of it as well. Yeah. So really... Um, I think the three things I picked up there was your people skills, your team ethics, and really adapting to different training styles. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a, yeah. So, yeah, I think um, that's a, a really good few points there for the racket athletes listening to take away for, you know, working in whatever level you're at um, in your sport to be, you know, working in a team also learning your people skills and 
adapting your training as to when and you need to basically yeah i think um it's also understanding the attributes of high performance mm-hmm. what are what are the attributes of high performance you know mm-hmm. what is you if that's your goal how are you going to get there you're not going to get there overnight you, you've got these stepping stones that you have to go uh, and and, and uh, make sure that you successfully reach them before you can achieve what you have to do and 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 understanding your own strength we talked about it, just understanding your own strengths and weaknesses yeah and you know is it is it right to use the word weaknesses that's a negative term in some respects but mm-hmm. it's identifying what you can improve on yeah um, and understanding your the, them attributes yeah um, you know what is important for you for instance what is important for you in your in your um in your game in mm-hmm. your in your sport you know um and then what are the actions what are the actions you're going uh, to achieve that goal uh we had a i use a word or an acronym uh, called smiac okay s m e a c smiac i uh-huh. i read it as smiac and it, it's it's like a um, it's like a risk assessment. So, what is the situation? Well, my situation is that I'm I'm this athlete. For an, an example is as, mm-hmm. as an athlete. So, um, my situation is that uh, I'm I'm this club player. I want to become an international player. So, my situation is here. I am my mission is to become that that's what i want to be that's yeah. where my mission uh, is set up how am i going to execute that what are the execution what do i need to put into place to execute my mission mm-hmm. where are the answers what are the answers to that what have i got to put into place in the answering of my mission to get to me my mission once you've found that and once you've got answers, then you then make the decision or somebody else makes the decision for you to confirm that's what I have to put into place yeah. to be able to achieve what I've got to achieve. Yeah. And, and, and you can use it with anything, you know, uh-huh. in a, from a military point of view, the general walks into the, the, the auditorium and it says, Right, uh, the situation is that the, the enemy uh, are going to overrun us in half an hour. Your mm-hmm. mission, gentlemen, is to um, uh, make sure that uh, it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. How are you going to execute it? That's down to you. Uh, and then, uh, then what happens is they go away and they get the answers and then they confirm the answers and then they decide whether they're going to do it. Mm-hmm. But the decision, if you as an individual or a leader makes the decision, then you've got to fall on your sword if it doesn't go right. Yeah. So that's why it's good to confirm through any other answers within the structure. Yeah, yeah. Hence going to, you, you know, one coach or two coaches or three coaches because they'll yeah. pick something different. From, yeah, because they've all got different mindsets and different insights. Absolutely, yeah. So there's a good one for you, SMIAC. Oh, yeah, that's a good one, definitely, for, for people to use um, within their sport. Um, so moving on to, as you mentioned there, leadership skills, Mike. What has your leadership skills and self-reliance training done for your sport and progress? Has there been any overlap from that? Um, 
That's a good question, actually. I was I, I was pondering over that question. I was thought, <laughs> <laughs> um, read it out to me again. It's an interesting one. And, so, and what, it, what is your leadership skills and self-reliance training done for your sport and progress? And has and has there been any overlap from your leadership skills and self-reliance training into your sport? I made some notes earlier on. Do you know that? Um, I, 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 I think that the main thing is that um, there has to be, can I stop it there a minute? I've, the transformation for me in, in terms of leadership is that I've always, always made sure that as a leader or that leaders, leadership skills means that I I've always looked upon others and asked them as to how I should do this particular thing. What's yeah. your thoughts? I've always felt that um, it, it, it massively gives you confidence and understanding. Yeah. Uh, the transformation from that is how my self-reliance, is that, that was one of the questions? Yeah, that was a question, yeah. Is that I, I, I'm very, dare I say it, um, my wife calls it from chaos comes order. Okay. Yeah. So I am chaotic, mm -hmm. but I knew at 10 30 this morning, I was going to be doing this yeah. podcast with yourself. Yeah, yeah. So from, so around that I'm chaotic, very, very chaotic, mm -hmm. but I'm well, I know in my own brain, I'm what's very, happening? what's happening. Mm -hmm. And one of the, one of the reasons we we're talking earlier on is that, I don't have a diary. Mm -hmm. I knew we were having this uh, meeting this morning at 10 yeah. yeah. I didn't write it down anywhere. I just knew. So if you tell, tell me that you want me to do another one at 10.30 on a Wednesday in September, mm -hmm. a day, I won't write it down. Mm -hmm. okay. I have... I've, I think I've trained my body because that's what happened in the in the that's what happens in the military environment is that yeah. it, it, they call it they call it a fast ball syndrome. Okay. Get out there! You need to do that now. Mm -hmm. Bang! And off you go, and you go. So and there's not there's not actually time to think then, is there? It's just do it. Yeah, and and the thinking is on 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 the move. So you, mm -hmm. you keep thinking and understanding, and you're using the skills that you've got <clears> to be able to do that, and sport. And racket sports, especially the game of uh, squash, yeah. is exactly that. You yeah. don't know which, side, which way that ball is coming at you. You do not know what the other person's going to do. So the no. strategy may you may have a strategy in the game, but it could change. Yeah, like absolutely. Within a within a fraction of time. Yeah, it's what happens is that you have to stimulate the neurological system to be able to function. If yeah. that doesn't happen, then you know you, you, yeah. you're not going. You're not going to. You're not going to move. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. So uh, the the correlation, the understanding for me, going from one to the other, um, the, the, the dovetail, it, it massively dovetails, um, and 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 it's been able to think quickly, quickly, uh, being understanding what you need to do, and having a, a clear mind to be able to do it, mm -hmm. and. Um, uh, you know, you you know as well as anybody, uh, spontaneous reaction in the mm -hmm. game of 
in any game mm-hmm. um, is uh, a necessity. It is. It is very. It's vital in some respects, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, what what a cracking game of rugby on Saturday! Oh yes, yeah. Scotland beat England. <laughs> yeah. You know, and if you look at the statistics, you know, over a hundred nod mm-hmm. tackles the English made in the first half mm-hmm. against like twenty-five or thirty tackles that the Scots made. Mm-hmm. So. They obviously were, were all switched on. They all knew their responsibilities. They mm-hmm. all did their job correctly. Mm-hmm. And they were very, very efficient in what they achieved. And I think if you if you do that type of stuff and you, you, you look at it from that point of view, then... Um, but it, sometimes it's difficult, isn't it? You know, we, yeah. I don't want to sound as if I'm waffling, but no, no. sometimes. I am. Sometimes I have to waffle because I, I don't really know what the next, you know, the next seconds are going to be. What's coming out of my mouth? The next couple of seconds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so moving on more specifically to squash now, Mike. So yeah, obviously you've had a career in squash. So what made you think about, or why did you decide to go further in squash? Um, I enjoy a challenge. Yeah. I've always been competitive. Uh-huh. Even, even in the game of bloody, I don't know, sorry we use that word, but uh, even in the game of, I don't know what, chess. Yeah. Or, no, yeah. Chess is a competitive thing here. Or, mm-hmm. Drafts. I mean, if, if there's a ball on the floor, we'll, we'll have a competition over it. So I've always been very competitive and, mm-hmm. and I get a huge amount of enjoyment mm-hmm. out of competing. Uh, and I think it's great for that stimulation of, of your, your mind. We talked about in neurological um, uh, stimulation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've always been very, very competitive. I hate yeah. Losing, he was in. <laughs> I, but I, I always, I always beat myself up over the fact that why did it happen? Uh, I remember playing in a match not that long ago, actually, mm-hmm. and the guy was the European champion. Yeah, he was a an age below me, and I it was thirteen eleven. Mm-hmm. Okay, to me. No, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I served my service. I mm-hmm. served, mm-hmm. came to the back of the court. Yeah. He then did, went, did into the front corner, mm-hmm. into the nick, dead as a dodo. Mm-hmm. 12 13. Mm-hmm. He serves the ball up in the air. I let, let it come along, uh, come down a bit, and landed straight into the back corner, Nick. Mm-hmm. 14, 13. Oh, yeah. 13 or 14. Yeah. Anyway, so the next thing you know was that he plays he plays a, a, a boast. A, a rally comes to you, plays a boast. Mm-hmm. I go to the front of the court. I could have hit it above the service line mm-hmm. to virtually win the tournament. Yep. I hit the tin. Oof. He's dead in the back corner. He's on the floor in the back corner. Yeah. I just... 
and, I, and I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, when I come back off the map, why did it happen? I went to Mark Bowman and I yeah. said to him, I've got to work on this area. And it was just purely, purely because I, um, you know, I, 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 I didn't have the skill. Of, well, I have the skill, but yeah. I didn't focus correctly at that particular time. Yeah. I, uh, there is there's an element of uh, egotisticness in, in human beings. Yeah. I'm, I'm certainly egotistical at times. <laughs> there is an element of uh, feeling really, really good mm -hmm. of achievements. Yeah. When you feel good and, and, and you know, uh, and you through achievement, then that, in, uh, that aspires you to sort of go out and, and do more and more. Do more, yeah. And, uh, and I just love that aspect of training. Because when I said earlier on, I don't like training. I don't like the, the hard physical training. Mm -hmm. When I say I don't like it, I mean, I, I know it's, it has to be done. Yeah. But ultimately, when I go training and I, and I can train with the young ones, mm -hmm. I can drill with the young ones. Yeah. yeah, there's other elements of their game that would be 10 times better than mine, but yeah. I like that side of uh, the feeling and I and I can come back and feel good at it and, and know that people um, want to hear about what I've been been doing as well. Yeah. I'm, you know, at 72 now, for goodness sake, um, and, yeah. and hope, hopefully that they uh, can continue to do that. And I'm giving something back in a lot of ways. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. <coughs> you're obviously learning off of you, and you're obviously, to me, you've got the mindset still to be learning off of the younger ones as well. Absolutely. Yeah, one one hundred percent. And I encourage you know, and, and one of the things I wanted to mention to you is that if you if you think about, you know, Scotland is, is very successful in the game of squash, mm -hmm. and in, in badminton, and in, in in tennis. We all know about the the successes of Andy Murray. Yeah, but you know, and you know as well as I, you know, it takes about ten thousand hours of yeah practice and, and practice and practice to become that good, mm. and it'll take ten years at the end of Andy Murray's reign for for uh, the country to reap the benefits of that. That's right across the country. Mm. So I, I I strongly strongly believe that also that the governing bodies of all individual sports should be involved and should look at the next venue that is being built okay. and sell their sport to the national governing bodies through the country's purse string holders and mm -hmm. county holders, mm -hmm. uh, council holders, sorry, um, and look at producing more venues for that sport. For yeah. our, here's, here's an example, right? So, Creef, Perth, Kinross, uh, Aberfeldy mm -hmm. have got a campus physical <coughs> uh, um, uh, gymnasium uh, sports hall. Mm -hmm. Sports courts in it. Yeah. Blair Gowrie is just about to have a new sports hall built. Mm -hmm. Blair Gary held the national squash championships way back in the 70s. Yeah. We don't have any squash courts here. Yeah. So Scottish squash should be, you know, campaigning yeah. 
to the government mm-hmm. to have that facility. Yeah. And it's not just the squash club, is it? You know as well as I do, you can have spinning classes in there. Yeah. You play table tennis in there. Mm-hmm. And people just think that in a squash court, there's only two people in it. Well, actually, you know, well, you can train, take a, six people in a squash court and do a training yeah. session. Yeah. You got two, you got 12. And as part of the national curriculum of um, PE in schools, mm-hmm. racket sports is to be taught. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that's what I would uh, encourage that. Uh, any new sporting facility that's been re, uh, been built in mm-hmm. the future should have sufficient facilities and uh, sorry sporting venues within the structure mm-hmm. uh, for further development. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's just going to stand. It's going to uh, you know stagnate. Yeah, it won't. It won't go any further yeah. unless we have places to to perform. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. Um, yeah. So. Moving on more to more about what what do you think or what does it take to be an international athlete and keep playing as an international athlete later in life, physically and mentally from your experiences? Um, devotion. Mm-hmm. Um, the in the feeling of representation yeah mm-hmm. we talked about giving something back um, yeah. I believe that somebody gave me an opportunity I never yeah. played squash until mm-hmm. I had somebody uh, yeah uh, and because in the military although mm-hmm. every camp had a squash court yeah it was always set and built by the officer the officer's mess Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they were the ones from the private schools that played squash. Really, mm-hmm. you know, I was never—I didn't even know what the name meant in in, in my, when I was growing up. There's no such thing where I was. Yeah. So, if, if if people want to do and maintain main, maintaining your body to be able to to achieve what you want to achieve, mm-hmm. also to find yourself somebody who's prepared to train with you that you can develop on that point. Find yeah. yourself a yeah. Find somebody that is, is, is good. Look and, and see what your goals are. Oh, sorry, understand your goals. Mm-hmm. If you want to do it, what have you got to put in place? Yeah. You're never, ever too late to learn. No. Never, never too late to learn. No. Never too old to do anything. It's just a question of how you do it and what, uh, shall we say, what, um, what intensity you can do it at. I've yeah. played with guys who've got two hips replaced and knees yeah. replaced. So yeah. they're still playing. So they can do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, to represent your country is, is, is massive, massive achievement. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's egotistically, it's brilliant. It's, um, uh, I don't know, there's, there's lots of other areas that you can tick boxes in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, and it, it's comradeship, you know. There's a lot of guys out there. Sadly, uh, may have lost their partners, mm-hmm. uh, and it's 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 a great school. It's a great um, organisation to be part of. Mm-hmm. And, and, it, and everywhere you go, how squash will our squash rackets travel? You know, oh, yeah. 
I try to take mine wherever I can and uh, yeah, exactly. That's and it. do my research when I'm there, you know, any squash courts and uh, yes, yeah, there are. It. And let's go and uh, let's go and have a training session. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So obviously, moving on from that one, I mean, going more into the sort of your your Welsh national and international squash championships from 2005 to 2011. Sort of in regards to mindset, what did you do to create the, sort of create that, as I would call it, the champion mindset for yourself? I always felt that I could, I I always felt that I could play at that um, age level uh, with the intensity uh, that was required. because I was late into the game itself, it was only a side game for me, but it actually improved my other um, sporting achievements as well. Mm-hmm. Certainly improved my football because the quickness of the mark and to move away from somebody over two, three, four meter uh, was, was immense for me. Mm-hmm. When I, um, I had my, I had my uh, cartilage out, my meniscus out when I was 18. Okay. Playing football, I came down and, and anyway, it went. And one part of my recovery, believe it or not, is it was to play this game of squash with yeah. a wooden racket, and uh, you know, and and, and I had a I had a thrash around. One of the things in my advantage has been that I've maintained my fitness. Okay. Yeah. So I can run them to the ground, mm-hmm. but unfortunately, I've got now I'm up against guys who are ex internationals as juniors seniors and so so their racket head skill is greater than mine mm-hmm. however the modern game in my is slightly in my favor mm-hmm. because now with um doing a lot of coaching a lot of drilling this that and the other my skill level is now gone oh, up yeah massively. uh mm-hmm. and therefore hopefully my physicalness and that now balances out even better for me mm-hmm. so um yeah that basically uh, that the, <laughs> yeah yeah um, so, um, but i i won the national championships uh, two years uh, uh, sorry last year and the year before so i've all you know i've, I've gone up in another age group obviously and i've yeah. won the over 70s uh, mm-hmm. uh, and over 65s and yeah you know in the past as well so mm-hmm. them early days was uh, uh experimental but then i realized that good lord (laughs) i'm doing quite well here (laughs) yeah um (laughs) yes that's that's a great insight again um so how does it make you feel obviously you spoke a little bit about this but how does it make you feel to be able to represent your country it's more of a personal question and i mean yeah yeah. I, i live in scotland yeah um I'm married to an English girl. Okay. I'm Welsh. Uh-huh. And I have an Irish name. <laughs> yeah. So I've got a foot in every camp here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and I, was, I, was, I was approached by the Scottish uh, lads uh, a number of years ago to, to come over. Yeah. It's, it's like your, your namesake. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, 
who went from Scotland to England. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh, anyway, so uh, and I looked at them and, and I, I sat there over a beer with them. Literally, yeah, they wanted me to come over, which I could have because I, I'd been li- I've been living here now for 15 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, we, I, I then smiled at them. I says, guys, you don't think, would you do it? Would you do it? No, they wouldn't, obviously not. So. Uh, yeah. I was asked to be the captain of the, the, the team on a number of occasions now. Uh, uh, traditionally, the winner of the, uh, the national champion would, is then asked to be the captain. Mm. Unfortunately, I was uh, doing other things. I had to go abroad and uh, be deployed with the military. For yeah. period of time. So uh, I've had that accolade and uh, I just feel very, very proud. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and I just feel that I've now got grandchildren who are Welsh. My yeah. uh, my daughter-in-law's Welsh, and you know, Gramps has got his Welsh top on. Uh, <laughs> my father was alive; he he was very proud of that. And and mm-hmm. uh, my mother, obviously, still alive, who's yeah. ninety-six. Uh, wow, that's amazing! She's amazing. Uh, um, I know. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it, it, it's it's it is immense proudness that you have um, yeah and and the feeling is really good yeah but it's hard work eh? yeah my, it sounds like it. <laughs> it it is hard work it is hard work but hey yeah. uh, you know i remember uh, a couple of years back at one of the home internationals we called in a guy uh on the last minute um and he was crying he was he was he had tears in his eyes because he had <laughs> been selected to represent us. Mm. And we were yeah. down in Cardiff playing mm. in the in the home internationals. And he was in tears because he had been selected to, mm. to represent uh, his country. And that's what it means to a lot of people. Yeah, so absolutely. Yeah. That, you know, we all, we're all like that at times, being so proud. Yeah, but it is, it is hard, hard work, as you mm. know. You know, you, you, over two days, you're playing three matches yeah uh, and, and you're playing one on a friday night and another couple on a saturday yeah uh, you know it doesn't take its toll on the body yeah definitely and um, so so mike what what's next for you in terms of goals and squash then what's your next targets um well i'm hoping that the european championships will take place in edinburgh um, yeah i hope that, you know, we're able to do that. The unfortunate thing is being able to get on court. Yeah. And uh, uh, a lot of the, a lot of people out there in around the Europe are, are able to access courts. We can't go and do that at the moment, yeah. unfortunately. Um, so that's that. Then there's the World Championships in September, I think. That's in Poland, due to be in Poland. Yeah. Um, and then if there are other tournaments that are available. Uh, <clears throat> Then hopefully, then I can pop over to one of the European countries and and, and play in their tournaments. Mm-hmm. But my 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 aim now will be to to train as hard as I possibly can until I can get back on court. Yeah. Uh, physically, I'm I'm there. Uh, you know, to to get the racket skills up um, to that level again. Yeah. Um, and hopefully, uh, <clears throat> you know, it, it takes place. Yeah, 
Definitely, Mike. And and finally, Mike, where can people reach out to you if they want to chat about squash and just you know maybe just general life, how 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 things are for you and stuff. I'm more than happy. People could bring me up, or they could email me or text me. Um, my my email address is moonsports, all one word, mm-hmm. at aol.com. Yeah. Sports at aol.com. Right. And my telephone number is 077 234 Perfect. Uh, yeah, so I'm more than happy uh, to have a chat with anybody and, and discuss things. That's great, Mike. And thank you for coming on the show. And thank you very much. It's been very enjoyable. Okay, folks, that is another episode of the Racket Athlete Podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening and please leave a review.